0: No Junk Mail presents, The Trading Post, narrated by the author, James R. Von Felt. Chapter 23, Day 18, Continued. When Looney got in the driver's seat, he pressed the button and yelled, We've got one here to talk to you. He held the mic to the big guy's face and continued holding the button. Talk now, he said. Sheriff Brew here. That got our attention. I looked at Looney and he looked at me. We both had dumb looks on our face. Questions flew out of the radio. Several people were talking at the same time. Slow down, slow down, Sheriff Bruce said. I've had a hard hit to the head. Ray and I have been in the trunk of the car since last night. Sheriff Brew looked at us, stopped mid-sentence, and said to us, Where's Ray? You mean the guy in the brown jacket? He's back there in the snow, I said. You go back and see if you can wake him up. Rub snow in his face. Put some down his shirt if you have to. Looney gave him the mic and we jumped out of the car and ran to the guy lying in the snow. He was lying on his back. At least now his hands weren't tied behind him. What'll we do? Looney asked. I picked a handful of snow and rubbed it on Ray's face. Looney grabbed one of his hands and waved his hand and arm up and down. "'Wake up! Wake up!' Looney kept saying. While we were doing this, I could hear the sheriff on the radio. He was talking better. Then he yelled at us, "'Where are we?' "'On Lake Merwin, near the trading post,' I replied. "'Are you boys from Vancouver?' he asked. Looney looked up at me and we yelled back, "'Sure enough!' Ray was starting to come around. He opened his eyes and wiped the snow from his face with his free hand. Looney continued to wave his other hand back and forth. Who are you? We're trying to help out, I said. I went to the sheriff and told him Ray was coming around. Then I went back to see what was going on. Get me in the car, he said. So Looney and I helped him as best we could. He couldn't walk, so we kind of supported him on both sides as he crawled to the back door. Looney ran to the other side of the car, climbed in and pulled while I pushed till he was sitting on the back seat. Then I ran around and got in the driver's seat of the car. All this time, the sheriff was talking back and forth with the people on the radio. It was about then that he said, This is Sheriff Brew. No, you're not, Looney yelled from the back seat. Sheriff Brush is in the trading post with his two deputies. I shot a quick look at Looney And he knew he shouldn't have blurted that out, but it was too late. The words had gone across the radio to the others. The guy in the front seat was stunned, speechless for a second. Then he said, look, you're sitting in my sheriff's car. I've got the radio on, and we're talking to headquarters at Kelso. Here, you ask them what Sheriff Brew looks like. He handed me the receiver. I pushed the transmission button and said, what's the sheriff look like? Squawk. There was silence. Then say again? Tell me what the sheriff looks like, I repeated with a little more authority this time. Squawk. The voice that came back over the radio was slow and deliberate. Well now, he said, he's about six foot, two inches tall, starting to go bald, has a bit of a mustache, left-handed. He usually wears a green sheriff jacket and a light blue shirt. Another voice added, he has blue eyes. A different voice said, and he's getting fat. That comment was followed by laughter, and then a first voice said, Is that enough? I looked at Looney. He shrugged. I looked at the guy in the front seat. He was big, but I couldn't tell how tall or heavy. He was bald and had a mustache. The eyes were blue. He was wearing a green jacket and a light blue shirt. I hadn't noticed that before. One more thing, the sheriff said. I keep an extra ignition key in the back bumper why don't you go get it? We're going to need it. It's in a small metal box in the curve of the back bumper on the driver's side. It's held on with a magnet. It'll come off if you pry hard. Bring the box here. I gave the mic to the sheriff and went to the back of the car looking for the key. I looked and looked. The bumper was full of mud. Now I had to scrape a lot off with my pocket knife to get to the metal. After a while, I found the box, and it came off in my hand. "'I've got it,' I said. "'Now open the box,' the sheriff said. I tried. I tried again and again, but it wouldn't open. I brought the box to the sheriff and said, "'You try.' He took the box and banged it on the dash. The dirt came off, and then I could see the rim of a lid. He slid the top back, and there was the key. He handed it to me and said, "'Try starting the car.' I knew how to start a car. My dad had bought a Plymouth, and I got started lots of times. He even let me drive it around the project a little, but he was always with me. The key went in easy. I turned it, and the engine turned over. But nothing happened. I looked at the gauges. The gas tank is empty, I said. I thought that would be the case, but I was hoping we'd get lucky, he replied. And just in case you're still not convinced, he said, as he reached into his jacket pocket, look at this. He handed me his wallet. When I flipped it open, it had his picture, his name, and his title. Sheriff of Cowlitz County. That pretty well identified him. He was Sheriff Bruchhofer. I passed the wallet back to Looney. And after he looked at it, Looney exclaimed, Well, who's the guy at the trading post? He says he's Sheriff Brush, and he has a badge, too. He handed the wallet to Sheriff Brew, who looked thoughtful. Then he asked, does he have red hair and a big mustache? Yes, Looney replied. Were there two other guys with him? Yes. Does one of the guys have a bad idea? Yes. That's Jake Lawson's gang, he said. Jake Lawson's gang, we exclaimed at the same time. We looked at each other with our mouths hanging open. Yep, they robbed a bank. We think Jake and Sam took the loot and ran out on him. We know the gang has been looking for him, and it looks like they found him at the trading post. The red-haired one is called Red. He's impersonated sheriffs before. He's pretty convincing. I'll say, Looney and I said at the same time. Sheriff Brew continued, There's still some of the story we don't know, but the pieces are coming together. We had Jake and Sam in jail for stealing liquor when three men broke in and overcame Deputy Ray, who was on duty. They tied him up, put him in the cell, and locked it. Ray heard them arguing and accusing Jake of running off with the loot they stole from a bank in Tacoma. Then they all took off, and we don't know what they did the rest of that night. The next day, I found Ray in the cell, and he told me what happened. Just as we were about to put out an all-points bulletin on Jake and his gang, we received a burglary-in-progress call from Kalama. Ray and I responded... When we got to the address, we were invited in by the lady of the house. There in the living room stood Jake, Sam, and the gang, holding the man of the house and his wife hostage. They had the drop on us and had two rifles aiming at us. They took our pistols and tied Ray's hands behind his back. When they tried to tie my hands, I put up a fight, and they knocked me out. Then they threw us in the trunk of my car. That's probably when Red took my badge. They were arguing in the car. Ray could hear everything they were saying from where he was in the trunk. Red threatened to shoot Jake if he didn't give them their part of the bank robbery money. Jake told him that he had buried the money near the trading post and that he would take them to it. So they all got in the car. But before they headed out, they stopped at the local diner to get something to eat. Jake and Sam somehow escaped from them when they were in the diner. They came back to the car and took the pistols out of the glove box. They were going to drive off, but the keys were not in the car. So they held up a guy in the parking lot and stole his car. When the other three came back to my car. They were mad. They said that one of them should have gone into the restroom with Jake and Sam and that they couldn't believe Jake and Sam had fit through the window. When they saw the glove box was open and the pistols were gone, they knew Jake and Sam were armed. Red said that Jake was a no-good backstabber, that he probably lied about hiding the money near the trading post. But they didn't want to take the chance that Jake had been telling the truth, so they decided to go to the trading post and to check things out. It's a risky trip this early in the spring. They took the logging road and got lost after they took a wrong turn. They also got stuck in the mud several times. They were getting angrier by the minute. Finally, they ran out of gas and decided to walk the rest of the way to the trading post. They left us to die locked up in the trunk of the car. The sheriff frowned and thought for a minute. We're going to need your help, and the first thing we need is information. Who's in the trading post? Looney and I began to list and started with our friends. Philip, Enu, Daryl, Alex, and Billy. We added a short description with each name. Then we listed and described the intruders. Red, Blind Eye, and Scarface. We also told them that when we had left, Jake and Sam had been tied to chairs in the trading post. We finished by saying that Longhair and Brave were out in the forest somewhere. "'Tell me about Longhair and Brave,' Sheriff Roof said." Looney blurted out a short description and told him how they had helped capture Jake and Sam and helped protect the money box. "'Money box?' the sheriff exclaimed. "'Yeah, there's over $5,000 and some bullets for the pistol,' I said. Then he wanted to know why two Indians were with a group of boys. We told him the Brave was a kind of our guide and Longhair was doctoring Alex and Darrell. Then he wanted to know why.' So we told him a short version about the waterfalls and cougars. Looney finished with, Alex got mauled by the cougar's claws. He's got puncture wounds. Some are deep. Then I told him that Darryl's shoulder had two big gashes where the cougar got him and that Darryl had broken his wrist. Sheriff Brew looked concerned and asked, How are they? Better, Looney replied. They're both walking now. Alex is just okay. Darryl can help us out a lot now. I nodded my head in agreement with that. The sheriff picked up the microphone and shot off a quick order. "'Call Vancouver. Tell them we have the boys. Two have been injured and may need medical help, but don't think it's an emergency. Find out about the search parties that are looking for them. Don't tell them about what's going on here, though, at least not yet. Get back to me when you've done that. Over.' Then he turned to us and asked, "'You got the cougars?' "'Yeah,' Looney said. "'Both of them. "'See our headbands? "'They're made of cougar skins.' "'You guys are tough,' Sheriff Bruce smiled. "'Then he went back to business. "'Now tell me how you met up with Jake and his gang.' "'Looney took off with his version. "'He'd been hiding in the woods with the others "'who had managed to get away before Jake and Sam arrived at our camp. "'So he watched as they staggered in, "'knocked out Brave and questioned Alex and me.' Then, even though he had been asleep at the time, he described how we captured Red, Blind Eye, and Scarface at the trading post. I didn't add anything, because he was doing a good job. I'd never seen Looney so assertive before. The sheriff pushed the transmission button from time to time to share our information with the people at headquarters. Occasionally, we heard a squawk. I told the part about our going out to hunt for meat, which got us out of the trading post. "'But the others think the intruders are the real sheriff.' "'They may have found out the truth by now,' Sheriff replied. "'Sheriff Brew thought for a minute, then said, "'Let's see how things are going at headquarters.' "'With that, he punched the transmission button and said, "'Brew here. How's it going? Over.' "'Squawk,' the radio complained again. "'Then a new voice came on. "'We're getting four squad cars and a truck ready, "'putting on change and gathering supplies.' We have deputies sworn in and they're getting ready too. We're also sending a doctor and a nurse with medical supplies. Over. Turning to us, the sheriff asked, What weapons do Red and his gang have? We explained about the rifle and pistols and knives. Then I added, There may be more in the Trading Post storeroom. Sheriff Brew relayed that information over the land mobile radio and finished by saying, This is going to be dangerous. Come well armed. Over. The voice replied, We had contact with Vancouver, notified them about the boys. They have two search teams out looking for them for several days. One team reported seeing tracks, and they were following them. They were concerned because they also spotted cougar tracks nearby. The teams have portable army radios, but their batteries must be getting low, and we're not sure they're getting our message. They usually communicate with each other and with Vancouver twice a day. They'll be notified about the boys when they make contact. We'll coordinate with them from here. It will probably be another hour before the truck and cars are ready and at least two more hours to the trading post. That's about three hours in total. Sorry, but that's about as fast as we can get there. Over. The sheriff answered, Roger that. I'll be ready to go by the time you get here but Ray looks a little weary. Wait a minute, I'm ready to go, Ray yelled with energy we'd not seen before. Good, we're going to need all the help we can get, Sheriff Brew responded. Then he said to the radio, be sure to bring the portable radio we have and drive down to Kalama and get theirs, over. The voice answered, we're waiting for them to bring their portable radio and they're sending two deputies in a car, over. After the squawk, everything was quiet. I could see Sheriff Brew wrinkle his brow as he was thinking and planning. Then he asked, Don't suppose you have any guns with you? Looney replies, Yes, we took two rifles to go hunting, and Longyear and Brave have bows and arrows. Ray and Sheriff Brew snickered at this, but we knew bows and arrows were real weapons. Sheriff Brew asked, Where are the rifles? Looney showed him the one in the back seat, and I got out of the car and found the other one in the snow. When I got back in the car with the rifle, Sheriff Brew had already checked the one Looney handed him. This one's loaded, he said. I handed him the one I had. He checked it and said, this one too. We knew they were loaded, but he needed to check, I guess. Then the sheriff said, that brings us to your Indian friends. We need Long Hair and Brave here with us. Where do you suppose they are? Story continues on chapter 24.